Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. We are the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. We are live, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Jim Clark, and we're inviting you to call in with your questions, comments, and concerns. Our toll-free number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's 1-888-367-5329. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone and let us know what's on your mind. Again, that number is one 888 F-O-R-K-F-A-X. Have you ever felt like your life is more akin to a war zone than a tranquil oasis? Well, if that's you, fear not, for there is hope for you. Because tonight, we are bringing you part three in our series of New Year's messages entitled, Peace in the Battle. Oftentimes, when we hear the word battlefield, we quickly envision a literal battlefield with bombs going off and machine gun fire all around, soldiers running, people screaming and chaos all around. You have, to, have you ever considered that there is an intense battle raging in our thoughts on a daily basis, a battlefield of the mind? But don't despair. There's some good news in the midst of this battlefield. To find out about this and much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Good, good evening, Dr. Buckner. How are you doing tonight? Brother Jim, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that uh, introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. And I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know you're going to be blessed and lifted up in the Lord uh, tonight. And we are blessed that you've joined us tonight, and we trust that God is going to say something to your hearts tonight regarding this thing of peace. And as Brother Jim has said, uh, we are in a battlefield, not only uh, on the battlefield itself, but uh, there is a battlefield uh, in our lives uh, against uh, the Satan. Satan is coming against us. The flesh is coming against us. And the world is coming against us. And we are in a battlefield every day of our lives. I was just talking to Brother Jim about some transitions that he's going through. He's in a battlefield right now. All of us are in a battlefield, some financially, spiritually, physically, mentally. And uh, we need to be aware of the fact that in the midst of this battlefield, even when we talk about relationships, we're in a battlefield with relationships all over the world today. People are going through so much when it comes to relationships. They're going through broken relationships, family broken relationships, marital broken relationships, broken relationships on the job, broken relationships on the political level. There's broken relationships with children and parents. Everywhere you look, there's broken relationships, and people today need peace. And, you know, that's the good news about the angel in Luke 2. 
he came to announce uh, peace on earth and goodwill to all men. We need that today. We really need that more so than we need it at any other time but today. And uh, we need it in our minds, and we need it in our hearts. And God's promise to you and me, my friend, is that he will keep you in perfect peace if your mind is stayed on him. This is what it tells us in Isaiah 26 and 3, you know, you know that he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. You know, you got to keep your mind stayed on him. If you trust in him, he'll give you that perfect peace. And his promise also is in Philippians chapter 4, you know, where it tells us, you know, he will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Oh, we need that today in a troubled world, everywhere you look, everywhere you turn, everywhere you go, there's trouble on every side. And the thing that we need to be crying out for is God's peace. You know, the big thing, I've said this before, and I say it again, the big thing in the news today is the mental illness And uh, mental illness is not only something that is real from the perspective of uh, society and the world, but the Bible talks about mental illness, and it talks about, and it also talks about mixing mental illness with demon possession. There were some people that Jesus healed that were mentally all. Then there were other people that he healed that were mentally and demon-possessed. And we're living in a world today where it tells us in the field of psychology that uh, people are mentally off. Even when they talk about criminals, when they commit a crime, they go back to their childhood and something happened on a mental level. And then when you add to that today in our world, marijuana, you know, people are uh, in our world today are absorbed with marijuana and People need to understand from a medical standpoint, it affects your brain. It affects your brain cells. It eats them up. And so people are losing their minds. Stress is causing people to lose their mind. Uh, Heartbreak and so many other things, transitions. And we need that peace. We need God's peace. And we need to cry out to Jesus for that peace. And That's why I want to uh, talk with you tonight. I want to give you an acronym for peace. I want everybody to get you a pen and some paper and take down this acronym for peace. I think it'll bless your heart because it's a good way to remember God's working in your life. Now, an acronym for peace. Let's start off with P. What does P stand for? Uh. The, the praising power of God, the praising power of God. And when you get into praise, there is a power that comes out of praise. And, and as a result of that power, God gives you a peace. You notice these three Ps, praising and power and peace. You know, there's some people that every time you see them, Everything on their mind, everything on their tongue is praise God. Praise God. There was a story one time told about an African guy, and one person was with him, sitting down with him, and it seemed like everything on his mind 
and his heart and tongue was praise the Lord. He says, uh, man, you look like you're going through it. The guy that was, was sitting by him, he says, but praise the Lord. God has a purpose for this. And he says, how are you doing financially? He says, not too good, but praise the Lord. <laughs> he says, I'm going through a lot of transitions, but how are you doing? Praise the Lord. It's contagious. You know, when you get into a, a spirit of just praising God for the good, bad, and the ugly, you start to experience power that will get you through life. So the P in the acronym stands for praising God. And this African guy said this. He said this. He said this to the American guy. He said, you know, you Americans believe in God, but we Africans depend on God. And we praise him with the good, bad, and the ugly. What a great attitude. And because he has that attitude, because he has the peace of God, that African man. So the P stands for praising power of God that brings about the birth of peace. The E in the acronym for peace stands for when you experience God's praising power, then it brings about an experience every day of God's peace. That's what the E stands for, experiencing God's peace. You know, you you got to have the first one right. You got to be in a praising spirit. Yeah, yeah, you're going through some things. Things are hard for you. And you're going through a difficult time. And, you know, you haven't had a check for a couple of checks for a couple of months. But praise God anyway, because you know what? He has a purpose in all of this. Romans 8 and 28 tells us that. So if you want to, the second thing in the acronym, experience God's peace every day, then you got to be praising him every day because he will give you power in that praise. So you want to experience God's peace every day. And when God gives you that peace every day, you start to experience God's joy every day. And you experience God's rest every day in your life. And then the third point in the acronym for peace is accepting God's will. The A stands for accepting God's will and not your will. You know, God works contrary to your will. That's why your will has to be in alignment to his will. You know, you need to be in alignment to God's will, God's ways, and God's work. And when you are, then you start to experience God's peace in your life. But you got to accept God's will around whatever you're going through. You say, man, this is difficult. I can't see anything. Well, that's where faith comes in. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. you got to expect a miracle. you got to trust God because he puts you in a storm so that you will trust him. And that you will experience God's peace. You remember when he allowed the disciples to be on the Sea of Galilee and they were in a storm? First thing Jesus did when he stood up, he says, peace be unto you. He said, peace in the midst of the storm. They needed to experience God's peace. You need to experience God's peace in the midst of the storm that you're going through right now. Because it's a battlefield of your heart and your mind, and Satan wants to steal your peace. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal 
that rest in Christ. The C in the acronym for peace stands for Christ. Now, Christ is the one that will bring you this peace. The Bible says in Isaiah 9 and 6, they call him the Prince of Peace. He's the controller of peace. He is the dictator of peace. He is the governor of peace. And when you have Christ at the center of your life, and when you dethrone self and enthrone the Holy Spirit, then Christ gives you, through the Spirit, self-control. And he knocks out of you another sea, confusion, and he brings another sea, a calmness. Christ is the one that brings this. And then another sea, along with this fourth one, is contentment. And Paul says, I learned in the, what is, what is, uh, when I had to be content and when I didn't have to be content. Are you that way? Paul could say that because he experienced the peace of God in his heart. And then the fifth point in the acronym for peace and the last point is the E stands for expecting his blessings. Expecting a miracle. Expect a miracle through whatever you're going through. Because God says that he will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus, Philippians 4 and 19. Are you really expecting a blessing in the midst of whatever you're going through? God said he will provide. And he said that consider the sparrows. You know, your Heavenly Father takes care of them every day. I've never heard of a bird getting an ulcer, have you? We get ulcers, we get stressed out, and we die over stress and worry, anxiety, fear. But you need to expect his blessings through his peace. Expect the miracle through his peace that he wants to give to you. And when he gives you these all of these five acronyms in your life, then you'll have a calmness about you, a stillness about you. You'll have a quietness about you. You know, that's something so heavy. Now, I will say this in closing. Throw out to you a trivia question. This is a trivia question. How many times in the, in the Bible is the word peace used or mentioned? It's mentioned 429 times, 429 times. Another trivia question is this. Where is the first mention of the word peace in the Bible? The first mention of the word peace is Genesis 15 and verse 15. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. Thou shalt be buried in a good old age. You know, first time mentioned in the Bible Genesis 15 and 15, and yet the word peace is mentioned 429 times. What does that tell you? You need to experience God's peace. And if you haven't, and you've been worried, stressing, fearing, there is an acronym for fear, right? False evidence appearing to be real. That's what it is. Now, repent tonight, confess your sins, and ask Jesus to come into your heart, 
and he will give you that peace that passes all understanding. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Jim. Oh, that's a good word, Dr. Buckner, and it means a lot to me personally. So uh, we were going to take a break right now to have our sponsors better serve you, and when we come back, we'll listen to your phone calls. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. My name is Jim Clark, and I'm in the studio with Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we are taking your calls. I would like to uh, read for you, Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them. It shall be an everlasting covenant with them, and I will place them and multiply them, and I will set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore. That's from Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 26. Very apropos for what we're discussing this evening. Uh, Before we get back to the callers, uh, we want to begin by thanking everyone who has been praying for contending for the faith. Without your diligent prayers, we could have never stayed on the air so long. We also want to thank those who gave over the last two weeks, Alfred, Gail, Mary, June, Jerry and Nancy, Frederick, Jim and Kim, and Jackie. We want to let everyone know that it costs us $400 per week to be on the air, and we need your help. We are listener-supported, so if you have been blessed by this program, won't you partner with us financially? We are facing a critical time right now, and we'll have to go off the air if we don't get the financial support we need. Right now, we are behind. We need $168 for last week and $400 for this week. That is a total of $568 that we need to be caught up. There are two ways you can donate. You can send a check or a money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Or you can go onto your computer and type in contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click the Donate button. Dr. Buckner is always teaching, and uh, what do you know? He's at it again. So it looks like he will be teaching a uh, What Does It Mean to Be an Extreme Disciple, a five-week class on uh, What Does It Mean to Be an Extreme Disciple. will be taught by Dr. Jerry L. Buckner at the East Bay Baptist Association Building, located at 1221 Pacific Avenue in San Leandro. The class will meet from 6.30 to 9, 9 p.m. every Monday from February 11th, 2019 to March 11, 2019. In this case, in this five-week class, Dr. Buckner will teach how on, how most Christians, even many in the church, have never been taught uh, or taught about what it means to be a true extreme disciple of Christ. They believe that once you become a Christian, everything stops there. This five-week course will begin a series of classes on what it means to be an extreme disciple of Jesus Christ. You will discover in this class that Jesus challenges us to be extreme disciples, and that even one's eternity is based on this. That's going to be an awesome class, Dr. Buckner. Oh, yes, absolutely. And we are trusting that people will hear this announcement and um, give us a call and be a part of it. You know, after you uh, take this class, it will revolutionize your, your life and during the class because it will challenge you to know that God has not just called you to be a Christian. He's called you to take it a step higher in your walk. And Jesus even said, if you don't keep my word, then you are not my disciple. So this is an extreme class for extreme Christians. And if you're extreme about the things of God, please come and be a part of this and be blessed. And we uh, thank you for your prayers and your support. And as Jim said, we do need people to step up to the plate. And you can even do that tonight as well. 
Okay, well, let's get to our callers. All right, well, I believe we have uh, Cece. Cece is on first. Cece, you're there. Cece? He's connected, but I do are not you, hear him. Are you there, Cece? Well, no. maybe maybe uh, we should come back uh, to Cece. All right, we'll come back to Cece, but then let's go to uh, Brother Rick. Brother Rick, how are you doing? Good evening, everybody. How's everybody else doing? Oh, we are truly blessed. How about yourself? I am blessed myself. Too blessed to be stressed by the devil's mask. <laughs> well, that's always a good thing right there. Yeah. Uh, we trust that you got blessed by the word tonight. Amen. Yeah, how did it how did it minister to you? We just realized that peace come peace 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 comes from Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come from what we do, but what uh, but what we do by putting our trust in Christ mm-hmm. and His ways. So that that's what really matters. Absolutely. We say, if we stay centered in Him, we will have our we will have that sense of peace. Mm-hmm. We won't have that worry. And uh, that's what I get so many times is uh, just a, just a need not to worry. Mm-hmm. That's right, because you you don't accomplish anything but just bring a heartbreak and heartache on your life, and sometimes it can bring even death. So it's not worth it, folks, to get into this thing of worry, anxiety, and fear. And I, I would encourage people to uh, look at Matthew chapter six. And really do a hard study of that, because Jesus said, "Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added." Matthew six and thirty-three. That's what we need to be doing: is seeking God in the midst of whatever you're going through. And He said, "All these things will be added." Seek Him first. That's the key that unlocks the door uh, that you need to have unlocked for you. All right. So, what's on your heart tonight? Uh, what uh, uh, touched gonna, you to call? Yeah, I'm going to get it event subject uh, which relates to uh, peace it relates to some of the stuff that's going on we, we're hearing about uh, building a wall mm-hmm. across the country right now mm-hmm. and what is the biblical basis for building a wall and what is the biblical basis for not building a wall well that's a good uh, question uh, because generally today when we talk about uh, building a wall uh, you know, it's uh, in the contemporary language of, uh, uh, of politics and what's happening today with people trying to come into this country illegally. And we do have it established where people can come in legally. Uh, but the interesting thing about your question is that the Bible has a lot to say about different walls. You know, we have to think about uh, the wall that uh, uh, in Nehemiah's day, you know, uh, that God uh, had them to build a wall uh, to uh, protect Jerusalem. And then, uh, uh, you know, when you think about the uh, Joshua built the walls of Jericho and the walls, you know, and, and he, they built walls, but also they attacked people, other people that had walls. And so the enemy had walls as well as, uh, you know, uh, Joshua and them had walls as well, you know, and uh, and then we learn also in the New Testament that uh, Jesus even gave parables about uh, building and also uh, towers and stuff like that. So it's not only something in the Old Testament, but it's something in the New Testament that uh, we need to uh, come to grips with in the light of uh, 
all that's being uh, said here in our day. Uh, when you have today 90% of the heroin that is in the United States that come from uh, outside our borders, and you also have terrorists trying to get in and gangs and rapists and drug addicts, uh, it's really uh, important for us to build uh, a wall against this. Uh, and um, you also have radical Muslims trying to come in and, uh, you know, so uh, the way that we are going to protect ourselves is to have these walls or boundaries to stop people from invading into our world and reaping havoc. Uh, You know, there are examples today of uh, us even in our world today. It's not only from the governmental perspective wanting to build this wall, but you have examples of the fact that we build walls, uh, we build fences and gates uh, in the front yard, the backyard, to protect ourselves from intruders, from, uh, you know, wild animals and, uh, you know, invading our, um, you know, territory. Also, uh, when we talk about walls, it's not only something that is, uh, created as a defense, but it's something that uh, has to do with uh, uh, property and stewardship. Uh, and we got to be good stewards of uh, what God has given us in this land uh, and the property that he's entrusted us with, that we don't allow people to come in here and reap havoc on human beings, but the property as well. And so uh, just like uh, we have our own fences and walls and doors and as a means of defense, uh, the government is trying to protect citizens as well from uh, intruders coming in and uh, reaping havoc in our country uh, upon innocent people. So anyway, that's what I have to say on it. But the Bible has a lot to say about this subject matter, and we need to take uh, heed to what it's uh, trying to say to us. You know, I, I just keep thinking about the, the, the things that are going on in our country today. Uh-huh. There, there, there's such a lot of parallel between what's going on with, with our president and what's going on with uh, Nehemiah mm-hmm. back in his day. Absolutely. Because there were those that did not want a, a wall to be built in Jerusalem. They threatened them. They threatened to kill them and everything else like that and kill the people there that were coming back to the land. Mm-hmm. And uh, first, 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 he had problems around that. We needed a lot of prayer, a lot of a uh, lot of discretion, and things like that. And what we realized is that even as we read further along in Nehemiah, we realized that a lot of the problems did not come from outside enemies, but those that came from within. Mm-hmm. So oh yeah, I, I see similar situations uh, today as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of parallels. Uh between what went on in Nehemiah's day and what's going on today in our world. And Nehemiah went through the same things that we're uh, uh, going through today. And uh, yet uh, God was the one that established these walls. If I and, might uh, <clears throat> jump in here, Dr. Buckner. Yes. Yeah, the, in Nehemiah's, uh, he, he went to, I mean, he appealed to, I think it was King, was it Darius? It was the, mm-hmm. when, and to, to go to uh, back to Jerusalem and begin rebuilding the wall. I mean, the... The reason why he faced such opposition was because the very idea of him building the wall was the reestablishment of 
the city of Jerusalem, which had been sacked, and they, uh, you know, there were forces that did not want the Israelites to come back to Jerusalem at all and reestablish that city. So it was sort of a given that the wall meant that the the city was going to be reestablished, mm-hmm. and uh, and so. In our country, you know, we have we share this long border with Mexico, and we sit there and watch. I mean, you can watch videos of it, people streaming across, um, and our hearts can go out to them, many of them, because we know there a lot of them are desperate. And uh, however, there's a there's a lot of criminals that are just coming over that border, and uh, and that's creating a massive problem. So it really is. Yeah, it I think that uh Nehemiah was uh I mean he was establishing trying to reestablish that wall just so he could establish the the boundaries of the city again and and rebuild the city. And uh and what I thought was so amazing is that he was he got Darius to pay for it. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say he did, the Lord did. That's right. right. That's right. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that as well. What uh type of parallels we have here and how many people talk about this on the radio uh this type of subject matter uh fitting the bible into our contemporary day and age today and so that's a tremendous question brother rick and thank you for it and i trust that people out there have really gotten uh touched by this and when we see a lot of the killings that's going on today in our world you know police officers getting killed uh, people getting raped and stuff like that. Uh, some of it is related to people coming over here illegally. It's not that we don't want them to come over here uh, at all, uh, as Brother Jimmer said, but there's a legal process. That's the way they have it with other countries. You know, you just can't go there and just be there. There's a legal process, and uh, what's the big deal? Go through the legal process, take care of it, and it's a done deal. That's the end of argument. Amen. And you have any prayer requests, Brother Rick, as well? Oh uh, yeah, just just keep keep me going. That's really that's really the prayer I request more than anything else right now. Keep uh, going, keep keep going every day. Take up my cross every day. Deny myself when I have to deny myself, and uh, just uh, get up in the morning, and uh, you know just get on with life. Mm-hmm. Okay, and give well, me. The- and give me the strength to come back to church. Mm-hmm. Amen. We miss you as well, so we pray that God will give you that. No, strength. it was good, good to be back last week. I wanted to ask you, how was Erica? Oh, they're doing very well. They made it back uh, home safe and sound. We thank the Lord for that. Um, appreciate your prayers. Um, but they're doing fine. Thank you for asking. So what we're going to do right now, we're going to have you to hold on. We're going to go to a commercial break, and we'll come back and pray for you. All right. Okay, that well, that that music means it's time for us to take a break. So we'd like to hear from you uh, after about 90 seconds. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. My name is Jim Clark, and I am in the studio with Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. We are taking your calls. Right now, we'd like to get back to our brother Rick. Brother Rick, are you there? Yes, I am. Yeah, I'm brother Rick. Uh, yeah, uh, we're gonna, before we get to your prayer, I want to share something uh, with the audience, uh, something that I saw on the news. Um, it was an interesting miracle, I believe, of a young uh, three-year-old who was um, at his grandmother's house, and all of a sudden he came up missing in the woods. So he was gone for two or three 
days, and the weather was extremely cold, and it was raining, and they assumed that he was dead. So uh, they had all of the search team going about trying to find him. And then after three days, they were able to find him. After three days, they were able to find him. And then uh, they asked the three-year-old, how did you survive this? What happened? And his response was, a uh, big bear came and took care of me. Now, people say, how in the world could that happen? Uh, Well, how in the world could uh, God speak through a donkey? (laughs) Uh, How in the world could he use a big fish and swallow up Jonah? Uh, And how in the world would he say, if you don't do what I tell you to do, I'll cause the rocks to cry out and do my will? God can use anything, anyone, any person, any animal to do his will. And can you imagine if we would have seen the sight of that? A big bear. That would have been something. Yeah, he probably, the Lord worked with that bear and just had that bear to cuddle that little boy up, take him in. He might have gave him some type of food we don't know about. <laughs> you never know. You never know. But I thought I would share that story. That's a quite amazing story uh, that uh, I believe that boy was telling the truth there, Jim. Yeah, well... That certainly goes along with uh, your acronym of peace here, that we've got to trust in the Lord, and he will do miracles. Amen. That's yes. very true. Brother Rick, you there? Yes, I am. I mean, and the thing the thing I think about is that he had the spirit of a child. Mm-hmm. Amen. As a child, much more trusting. That's so true. In adults. All so right. So... Were you finished with uh, you? Uh, we need to hear your prayer request. So you said uh, that you'll keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on and just keep me in God's will and uh, just, uh, go, just go forward. Okay. Not move on, but move forward. Okay. Well, let's uh, pray for you right now, Brother Jim. Father in heaven, we thank you for our brother Rick. Lord, he's been such a faithful man of God, and uh, we've really been honored to know him over the years. And, Lord, we just pray that uh, you would continue to minister to his health and help him to just keep that, um, keep his life going each day and getting the things done that he needs to and, and be able to uh, uh, learn how to master the, uh, the situations that he finds himself in, Lord. And, Father, we know we trust in you, and you have not failed us, Lord. We know that uh, we, if we trust in you— Lord, just as Dr. Buckner has been preaching on on this broadcast, if we place our faith and trust in our Savior, he will not fail us. And so we thank you for our brother Rick and pray that you continue to sustain him. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you, Brother Jim. Thank you, Brother Rick, for your call, and God bless you. you. Thank you for your question as well. Uh, Before we get to uh, Cece, I want to just ask everybody out there, and I'm sure you don't mind, us, uh, uh, the community of believers praying for you uh, with the transition that you're going through right now. You want to share some of that, and we'll get to Cece uh, quickly that uh, so that people can be praying for you in the midst of your transition. Well, without going into a whole lot of detail, as you say, our housing situation is going to change rather drastically. So um, we have to just trust in the Lord that he's, uh, he's going to have everything work out, and it's kind of scary. Because we're definitely taking a step of faith here. So uh, um, I, I was very encouraged by your message. 
and uh, and that you know I, uh, I as we found out the news I knew this was the moment that where we have to step out in faith right we have to really trust in the Lord and He won't fail us. Amen. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. So pray for Brother Jim and his family as they move to another place. Uh, God is on the throne and He is in control, and that's the good news. Amen. Amen. Brother Cece, you there? Brother Cece. Yeah. There we go. All righty. We tried to get you earlier, and you weren't there or saying anything, so we had to go to Brother Rick. So I'm glad we got you. And did you hear the message tonight? Yes, yes. It was very encouraging. Very encouraging. All right. Talk to us about what, uh, how it ministered to you. Well, ministering to me right now because I'm going through, I'm going through like a, a, a serious trial right now, and I needed, I needed to um, hear some encouragement. And I didn't know, I didn't know what the message was going to be tonight, but um, it really encouraged me to, to keep pushing forward. And what what spoke to me too is when you talked about the peace, the peace of God, and how He'll give you that peace, and then the different acronyms that you used, and how you said to trust God for, you know, trust Him for a miracle. So. What it did is it it, it encouraged and it, it encouraged me because I was at, I'm a, I was at, you know I'm at a you know a really caught through a serious trial right now and so I I needed to to hear that and encouragement and I like the acronym that you used you talked about the P for praise and um you know and the, the E for you know for his experience and it was, and you know to inspect to inspect the miracle and I mean I need to hear that encouragement because um it's a pretty tough time right now and then a lot of other things that you said said tonight that I can't really touch on because I know it will take up most of the program, but I just I just appreciate how God uses you, and I know that you're spending that time in prayer as well as experience, and I just really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. I'm just so glad that God uses me to minister to people, and I could see that this message was perfectly designed by God for you and others out there who hasn't called in that are listening, and also for Brother Jim and so many others. And uh, we uh, even have a young man in the studio with us, uh, Joshua, and uh, all of a sudden he opens up his Bible, and then there's a scripture on peace right there. I don't believe that's by accident, but that's by God's providence for that to happen, for him to open up the Bible, and all of a sudden it's a passage on peace. God is speaking tonight, trying to say, Jump into the peace. Don't mm-hmm. jump into the stress and anxiety and fear. And then expect a miracle. You know, uh, expect God to do something great. You know, when we worry and we stress, you know, we defeat the promises of God. And we defeat God doing a miracle in our life because we don't have our focus in the right way and our faith in the right way. That's what Satan wants to do. Divert your faith from your miracle. God has a miracle in store for you and when I always say this, when you're down to nothing, what? God is always up to something. You know, so believe that, believe it, receive it, and achieve it. What's on your heart tonight, uh, my brother? You have a, uh, I want to ask, uh, thank you very, very so much for those encouraging uh, words. You're it welcome. was also biblical. Um, I, uh, it's a question I want to ask you in Revelation chapter 11, and um, it's uh, via verse 5. Mm-hmm. Okay, what would you like to know? I wanted um, if you can just um, give me give me some meat on that um, on that passage. Alrighty. Some of the feed on keep me full tonight. 
Amen. I like that. I like that meat we, because this program is not about bones. You know, you can't you can't chew on bones, but you can eat on meat. That's what we are all about. Is uh, giving meat tonight and every night that we do this. Well, this is this this is the deal on this. Uh, here are the two witnesses, and Jesus preached on this. He taught on this through his own ministry. That the, in the face of two witnesses, a truth will be made known. And so here he's fulfilling that in the last days, uh, during the tribulation period, that it'll be two, these two witnesses, these two uh, candlesticks, these two uh, olive branches, it's going to be two men that God will uh, use in the last days to bring a witness to the world. And I believe that he's not only going to be a witness to uh, the Jews, but also to the Gentiles as well. Now, there are several schools of thought that say that these uh, two witnesses who we'll find out, you know, as you read the chapter, that they were slain and then they came back alive, right, uh, later, later on, you know. So the interesting thing about this is that some scholars believe that this is possibly, even though we cannot be dogmatic on it, uh, either position, uh, some believe that this is possibly Moses and Elijah, that these two men here. Um, I believe uh, that uh, it's the two E's. I believe that it's Enoch and Elijah. I believe that, um, and even though I cannot be dogmatic on this, but I believe that uh, these two men never did die, okay, because uh, they didn't. You know, Enoch walked with God and was not because God took him. And then we also know that Elijah went up in a whirlwind. So both men did not die physically, and it tells us in Hebrews 9 and 27, is a point in that all men wants to die, and after this, the judgment. So I believe that they have to come back again and die. And uh, so I believe these two men are Enoch and Elijah, even though some believe it's Moses and uh, Elijah. And Moses, uh, God buried him, and Elijah was taken up. But when you look at what's happening here uh, in verses uh, 5 and 6, uh, you you have them doing um, witnessing uh, to the world in the last days. And the things that they're doing is very similar to the ministry of Moses in the Old Testament. Remember, because he's, he he's, uh, struck the earth and it became a plague. And then Elijah also had power to keep it from raining. So these guys, these two men have the same type of power in the last day uh, as a witness of God's power in them. Because for him, them to be able to do that is confirming the fact that they are true prophets because it says in verse 6, these have power to shut heaven and it rain not in the days of their prophecy. So God had to do something miraculous, just like he did with the apostles. You remember, with the apostles, he had uh, did miracles and that sort of thing to confirm that they were true uh, apostles, uh, and God is doing the same thing through these two men. He's doing the miraculous so that the world around in the last day will say, these are truly men of God. 
So anyway, look at the parallel of what went on in the Old Testament to these that's in the that's in the New, and you see striking similarities. So hopefully that gives you a little something to chew on, and the fact that they nobody could hurt them, uh, they could not do it until God allowed it to happen. I think that that's something important for us to understand even in our own lives, that nothing could happen to us unless it first passes through the will of God. That's what Donald Gray Bornhouse said, the great Presbyterian uh, preacher, storytelling preacher. He said, there's nothing that could pass through our lives unless it first passes through the will of God. So anyway, hopefully that helps you out. Yeah, thank you very much. you got me a lot to work with. Appreciate that. Amen. And what we're going to do is get your prayer requests uh, next time so we can squeeze Deborah in here. We only have about three more minutes, but we'll get your prayer requests next time. And thank you for the feedback on the message as well. No problem. Thank you. I appreciate it. We look, look, forward, forward, to, to look forward to talking to you next All right. Week. Good talking to you, Cece. God bless you. Good talking to you guys. God bless you. All right. All right. Well, our next caller is Deborah. Deborah, are you on the air? Deborah? Deborah. I think she were. There we go. We got her connected. Are you there, Deborah? Yes, I am. How are you doing this evening? Well, I have a miracle report. Okay, give it to us. You want to use your time wisely. You have about uh, two minutes or so. I've been praying for years for my family mm-hmm. and um, to be saved, and my brother is not saved yet, but um, he was lost for a long time, and he called me, and I shared the gospel with him, and he was open to it. His wife left him. And I told him, you're not alone. God is with you. And if you will give your heart to God um, and go to a Bible-believing church where um, they preach the gospel of Jesus Christ um, and listen to the preacher and do what the preacher says according to the Bible, you will be saved. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he said, I agree. I will do that. Amen. You know what I hear in your voice? with your brother is that you're showing him so much love. You know, there are three L's, and I want everybody to kind of like write these down. There are three L's when it comes to witnessing to people, whether it's family, friends, people at your job, and so forth and so forth, the three L's. We need to show the first L, the love of Christ. And then this, uh, in our, and then the second L is show the love of Christ in our life. And then the third L is show the love of Christ on our lips. A lot of times we just show it on our lips, and then we turn people off. It needs to be seen in our life and in our love. And that's what you did with your brother. And as a result, God is ministering. It's not always that we have to verbally say things when we've said it before. When you plant the seed and you water it with prayer, God gives the increase. But you're demonstrating it, Deborah, in your love and your life, and that's speaking louder than your lips. So we need to pray for your uh, brother that God will touch his heart. And Walter Martin used to always do this. When he would get ready to go and speak, and uh, matter of fact, I'm going to be doing a big lecture. We'll let people know about it uh, coming up uh, March the 30th uh, in Stockton on the black Hebrew Israelites. And this is a, a black cult that is uh, getting in churches and the pastors there are saying, come and help us and teach us on this. So I'm going to be doing a big lecture on that. But 
you, you, Walter Martin used to always say when he would get ready to speak, Lord, open up their eyes, open up their ears so that they can hear the truth of the gospel. And that's what you want to do for your brother. Continue to ask God to open up his eyes and his ears because the God of this world, as Paul says, has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine within them. So can we pray for your brother now? For what you said years ago to me, you said to me when I was driving you to my sister-in-law's house, you said, um, if you will only let the Lord work in your heart, you will see a miracle. And I'm the person he called. Amen. Well, let us pray for you. We only have about a minute. We're going to have Jim to pray for you closing the program. And uh, what's your brother's name? George. George. Okay. Let's go to the Lord in prayer on this. Lord, we thank you for George. We thank you for Deborah. Father, we pray that you would continue to minister to them in their their lives and continue to bring George uh, to faith. And we thank you, Lord, that you are a great God who loves us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And that's at the end of tonight's broadcast. We'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and and, uh, uh, who we got back there? Oh, yes, it's... uh, Nathaniel is on, uh, is on the phone tonight. That's right. Uh, we, and we'd like to thank you all for being a part of tonight's broad broadcast. And we'll look forward. I'm cutting this short tonight. We'll look forward to hearing from you next week when we are. <laughs> we're done. <Yeah. laughs> we're at the end of it. We'll see you next week. Amen.